Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Welcome to Wednesdale. That's right. We are back at the Big Oak Table here in Charlotte. I'm Rutledge Wood with Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett and not one, but two drivers that are racing this weekend at Richmond, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and our special guest today, Mr. Kyle Larson. It is so great to have you in the studio. Yeah, thanks. It's a pretty cool place. We're excited. It's not just a big table. There's also cameras, you know? It, didn't you call it, is, it, is this a round table? Well, it's, it's the sharpest like a, round table I've ever seen. I know, right? It is, it's a big oak table, but it, we've... It's not oak either, so yeah. Yeah. it's not round or oak. Okay. That's, Kyle, that's neither here nor there. You know what we should talk about? I am, I am really excited you guys are both racing, because you're going to race, what, Friday? Yeah, Friday night. I think that's right. I'm going to yeah. run. I got a one-day show, which I'm kind of excited about. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I'm happy about our two-day show. Yeah. So. yeah, I'm looking forward. So Richmond's a, a track that I enjoy. Um, sometimes it gets multiple groove. Not every time, but some races, it's, I don't know what really yeah. controls that. What do you think controls the multiple groove at Richmond? Because sometimes we have it, sometimes we don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it depends on the drivers in the field. Maybe that get it to widen out some. Um, Xfinity race, it gets about halfway up, I feel like, and then kind of creeps back down. The cup race, it gets all the way to the wall and then then works its way back down, too. But it's it's become you know, one of my more favorite tracks to go to, I guess, the last couple times because we've been a little bit better, yeah. finally. It's kind of funny that when, now when everybody, other drivers, start talking about racetracks widening out, it's Kyle Larson, and when when Larson gets up there, then we know that we can. It's safe to go up there. So you yeah. like that everybody thinks that's your thing to do. Which yeah, I mean, I don't. I feel like though, like on a on a in a race in a cup race, I'm not the first guy to go up there or anything like that. I just, I guess, I don't know what it is, but everybody everybody waits for me. But I feel like Jamie goes up there quicker yeah. than I do. Like this week at Vegas, I mean, he he'd pop up to the top way sooner than I would. Um, and it's been like that in years past too. There's other guys, you know, Stenhouse and oh, I don't know. There's a, there's a couple others, but yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not into I'm into the risk, but I don't like being the first one up. There. <laughs> you want someone else to test yeah. the waters? Let's I, I explain to people why that's such a big deal. Because going up there, you know, there's not a lot of rubber down, and it and you can get in real trouble if you're not careful. Yeah, early in the race, you know, I feel like I I kind of take my time getting up there, but once it rubbers up, then I then I'm committed to it. Um, yeah. Like this week, you know, we, we moved up to the top of Vegas, and you know, you're trying to work the rubber up to the wall so you can get to the wall and kind of use the air. Um, but then I end up cutting a right front tire or wearing it. I'm not really sure what happened. So I mean, there's risk. Not only are you risking hitting the wall, but you're also risking your your tires too. So um, that's why I, I like to wait a little bit, or at least in practice, I guess, else. try and yeah. move it up quicker. Then I've always tried to ex explain to my teammates how to run the top. If you were sitting in front of, like, say, a rookie driver, guy comes to drive at Chips, he's a rookie driver, he's never really ran the top before, doesn't know how to do it. How do you explain to someone how to use that top and make it work? So, um, 
Yeah, it's it's hard. I feel like it's always hard to explain how to run a car, any line, bottom, middle, top, whatever it may be, because you know my car might drive different than yeah. your car or their car. But um, I actually took Ross Chastain around Darlington a little bit, um, you know, the day before, or day of the race for them, because he was struggling around the top in practice, and and I didn't really watch any of the practice or anything. But I took him around there, and I basically, to me, it all kind of comes down to committing on entry you know you gotta you gotta you can't drive up to the wall you know you kill a lot of speed once you get to it so um the wider you can make your entry the more speed you kind of make throughout the corner and you also need to get close to the wall to actually feel the air kind of working and, and can you adding feel essentially force. then can you feel you know we talk so much about side force can you essentially feel the resistance of the air yes. on the wall off your car like that yeah Darlington, Darlington for whatever reason, not really, but um, any other like mile and a half, uh, you can. So like Homestead, you know, super easy for you know to run the wall because you're already committed on on entry. I feel like you know the way the shape of the corner is, so you're already like you can feel it down the straightaway. You know when you get close to the wall, so you kind I just kind of stay within that pocket. Yeah. Um, and then you know the old Texas. Uh, Chicago this year, you could really feel it. So the places that you can carry a lot of corner speed, you can really feel. I, you know, I think the air, you know, off packing between the car and, and probably dumping on the spoiler a little bit too. So you're just gaining, I think, rear downforce and side force. Yeah, and we certainly saw you do that a lot in Vegas. Uh, another runner-up finish for you, which I think is the <laughs> Six. sixth this season, which is crazy. How how did you feel like as a whole the race and, and the weekend in Vegas went for you guys? Uh, it went good. Um, I made a. I'm. I was a little disappointed in myself in qualifying because you know now I'll, we have all this driver data and stuff that we get to look at and um, you know kind of going back to you know trying to explain somebody how to drive you know the top or whatever. Well, when you look at other people's data, you're like, so like in qualifying, I felt really really good the first round. I was like, man, I don't even know what to change. So then you get looking at driver data, you know, because I was fourth or fifth in the first round. So you want to go faster. So I'm like, okay, well I used more brake pressure than, than Harvick or whoever else. And so then the next round, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna use less brake pressure. And then I'm like plowing tight. And uh, so then the third round, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go back to driving like I did, but you know, I told them that I was tight. So then the next round, I'm really loose. So uh, I was disappointed that I, I tried to drive like other people. Um, but then once we got to the you know, practice the next day, we were really good. And then in the race, we were, we were good as well. Had that tire issue and was able to, to rebound a second. So, uh, went through all those restarts too. Got pretty crazy. We were all beating off each other and and hitting the wall and and all that. So, uh, I was just happy to finish you know second with everybody else having troubles. Is it is it hard for you guys as drivers to to not look at information like that when someone says like oh by the way like your line was pretty good here's the time but but when you know like if you're thinking about brake pressure that. Kevin Harvick is doing while you're doing your lap. If that's on your mind, I have to think that stuff can slow you down sometimes more than it can help. Am I right? I think I think you know it. it uh, I would say 90% of the time I look at other people's stuff and try to you know simulate what they're doing. I go slower. So you know Martinsville is somewhere I need to get way better at because I'm I'm terrible there. And I've looked at data over and over and over. And and you know I try to lift you know, 50 feet sooner or 100 feet sooner, whatever it is, you know, earlier than, than what I do, because that's what, you know, Chase and Jimmy and Jeff and all them do. I mean, I instantly go slower. So it's like, I just got to run. <laughs> I have to run. I've got to drive my car and I can't, you know, try and 
drive like somebody else. Yeah, there was a lot of you know talk in the off season about everybody being able to have that data and use it, and everybody, all the you know, some drivers were worried. Oh man, they're gonna you know they're gonna learn my techniques and so forth. So it's not been that big issue that everybody was worried about. And sometimes you're not even using any information. You talked about uh, the guys having so much trouble at Vegas. Why do you think that we saw so many championship contender, contenders struggle? Is it, it Was that an anomaly to the heat that we had, the, the lack of grip, low downforce, all those things? I'm not sure. You know, it's, uh, I, I would definitely think that the heat probably played into that. You know, the track was slicker than normal. You know, probably working the tires hard, harder. Um, and, you know, there were speedy dry in a lot that of the corners. Of the yeah. yeah. So the speedy dry, I was talking about that on my podcast this week, is so fine, it's like baby powder, and it doesn't go away. Yeah. Well, and two, when they're cleaning the track, I don't understand. So, like, I was, like, getting frustrated watching them try to blow the track off. They got the jet dryer. Like, say this is speeder dryer. They got the jet dryer on, on top, top of it, it blowing this way. <laughs> like, turn the thing around and blow, blow it blow the opposite away, direction. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So then it just sits there, and then you have to, if you want to run the top again, you got to inch your way back up it and, and restart, and then... You see Denny and Kyle yeah. both on that on jump that line. on that shot they just showed when when Harvick and and Jones ended up hitting them. When you guys went back to a restart after that, watching it looked like there was a huge pileup the first time we went there because that speedy drive whatever in in the cockpit. Can you see anything in that moment, or you're just trusting that someone up front didn't just immediately put it in the wall? You can see a little bit, like you know, the first time by you can and it gets better lap by lap, but then. But then after that, you know, you got, um, so I think it was that time, and then at three and four that, you know, it happened again, yeah. and that's when we started staying out, and, you know, we were done pitting. Right. So then the windshield was covered, you got rubber, you got, you know, dust on your windshield, it was, and then the sun beating, you know, reflecting through it, it was hard to see, uh, for sure, the last little bit of the race, you know, just through your windshield. Did yeah. that change, seeing everybody have so many problems, did it change your mindset as to, I mean, I know you're there to win the race, but did you say, I, I can't do anything crazy because this could be a huge day for us if, if I'm just around here at the end, somewhere in the top five? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, they, and, and on the radio, they're like, you know, hey, you know, there's a lot of guys that have had issues, you know, trying to, you know, tell me to be safe and all that, and, and you know, it changes your mindset a little bit. Um, so you're a little cautious, but then at the same time, you, you get you get to take off on restart, and you're like, ah, oh, I got an opportunity. And then you <laughs> do that, and then we're hitting off each other. And you're like, gosh, I hope I don't have a flat because I'm going to look really stupid. My team's going to be mad at me because they <laughs> just told me to like, take it easy. But um, but then, you know, wins are really important, and, sure. and you know, you don't want to, uh, you know, Brad Kozlowski is able to relax now these next couple races. Yeah. So, um you know, we're all trying hard to win to have that little bit of stress off of us. Yeah. Could you have done anything differently that, that last restart? When you look at, do well, you go first back? First off, I want to go back to the restart that got you the lead. Yeah. Uh, there's You start restarted fourth and uh, jumped out on the outside. You got a great restart. I don't want to talk you through it, but you can tell us what's going on here. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, I'm just, I want to get to Brad to help get him clear and then maybe I can do something. But the run just kind of worked out where I never got to his back bumper until like right before entry. So then I just pull out and uh, you know, try to get to his quarter to slow him down. And um, this run, I was, I was like, wow, you know, I can, uh, if I can just get to the top here quick and uh, hold him off, because he was really good in the short runs. I felt like I maybe had the best car on long run. 78 was maybe a little better than I was, but up top, you know, I didn't think that anybody could really pass me. So the one thing that I was impressed, obviously, with you jumping to his quarter panel and and making that work in one and two with the speed he's had, he's had and the, being able to control the restart. The other thing I thought was really incredible was 
off into three, you drove you drove out drove yeah. him into the corner and then turned down in front of him. Yeah. And it dirtied up his car, you know, pretty bad. Yeah. I, 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 I heard I, him lift. I heard him lift early. Yeah. You know, because he's three wide and he's probably, you know, wanting to be careful at the end. So I heard him lift really early. So I'm like, okay, I, I can get down in front of him and hopefully get him tight or something. I was behind so surprised me. that your car could get down. Yeah. You know, carrying that much speed and you're kind of committed to that line. Yeah. Oh, really generally, run, if you're going to run the high side, you're going to roll out of the throttle to pick it back up and, and make that straightaway yes. longer. But when I saw you do that, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not a moment that you're waiting here clear. You heard him lift and said, oh, okay, let's go, right? It's yeah, I mean, in, in those you know restarts and stuff like that, and even a lot of times through traffic, I mean, you're, you, you can hear your spotter, but... Let's say 50% of the time or more, you're kind of clearing yourself because you need to you need to shut the door as quick as you can, and you can't really wait on somebody else to 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 clear you. So um, yeah, that worked out where I was able to get in front of him and uh, hold the lead off there. But um, I guess I guess if there was one thing that you know I could have done different there, not on the last restart, but but when we got that caution was um, you know we we all started staying out I think on our older tires in and. Um, you know, I, the leader kind of all day, you know, from what I had seen was choosing the top. So I was like, okay, I'm the leader. I kind of, I have to choose the top here, <laughs> um, which, you know, I wish I would have chose the bottom lane because it seemed like once we had laps on our tires, it became harder to take yeah. off mm -hmm. and uh, the top lane would spin a little bit more than the bottom. So Joey never got to my back bumper there that time. So I wish I would have taken the bottom and could have controlled maybe the rest of the race like Brad did. Yep. All right, up next, Kyle will answer some of our hard hitting questions. The theme has something to do with what big step Kyle will be taking in the next week. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. After a disappointing loss to Jacksonville, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots now face their old defensive coordinator, Detroit Lions head coach, Matt, Trip Matt Patricia. <laughs> Football night in America is at 7 Eastern with kickoff now at 8.20 Sunday, only on NBC. I shouldn't have shook Tra the card while you were reading it. I'm sorry, Matt Patricia. Matt <laughs> We like to, we like okay. to mess with each other. You're reading the thing. Hey, thank you for doing yeah. that. Guys, Kyle Larson is here. Which is so exciting, because you may not know this, but uh, from an early age, um, Kyle has been racing his entire life, which is why we're going to give him a wide range of questions for this rapid fire. Why don't we just start with this? Who do you know that's, I don't know, uh, getting married one week from today? Anybody you can think of? Uh, Caitlin Sweet. Caitlin Sweet. And who oh. is she marrying? I've heard of her. Some, some NASCAR guy. Ugh. Mm. Wait a second. That's your... That's you then. That's your lady. That's your fiance. Yeah. You're getting married? Yeah, yeah. What? From midweek <laughs> racing to getting married midweek. That's right. I told her I told her you, know, you can't mess up my off-season racing. So, we're going to have to get married <laughs> sometime during the year. She wants a warm wedding too, so she might uh, get l unlucky with some rain here in North mm. Carolina, but uh, at least it'll be somewhat warm. So, it's a local. Guy. local, yeah. Local. He's local all grown up, so, y'all. So, how much how long have you been planning? I haven't done any planning. You've done no planning. <laughs> have you? We're using your lady. We're using Ivy. Oh wow, so she, yeah, Ivy's she's been great. She's yeah. She's have you awesome. tried cakes or? <laughs> yeah, have you tried any? Foods? Oh, I did. The, did I was tastings? I was definitely involved in the food tasting. So that was awesome. Yeah. We're gonna have uh, a little bit of everything, but I'm excited about the tri-tip. 
So not not many, you. I don't even know if you guys know what tri-tip is because most heard. people on the East Coast don't know what tri-tip what? is. What? We don't know what tri-tip is? Yes. It's the best. Yes, it's really it's good. It's like an evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an evening, evening wedding. Yeah. That's oh. fantastic. All right, so if you weren't having your your wedding in North Carolina, what racetrack would be the best place to have your bachelor party at? Bachelor mm. party. Racetrack. Racetrack. Um... This feels a little bit obvious for yeah. where we're going in October, doesn't it? I mean, the big one. Oh, Talladega? Quite the I mean, there was, I'm nah, pretty sure there was footing wrestling we there last year. We pretty good one just as fast. We, we did, we yeah, did. Yeah, um, I would probably do it at uh, like Knoxville Nationals or yeah. something. Oh, just because yeah. all my friends are in Knoxville for that week. There. Then you got the dingus cross the street and go to three and four. What I mean, basically dingus? I had a bachelor party in August. We just didn't call it a bachelor party. What's, yeah, party. what's the what's dingus? The is that, huh? Do they have kangaroos there? Yeah. That's a dingo. It's a bar. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right, like literally right across the street. Yep. So like turn one at Knoxville. Like if this is turn one, it's like right here. Gotcha. So everybody goes to Dingus, and then everybody once Dingus closes goes to turns three and four outside the track, and parties till the sun comes up. It's going. So I Every assume night. that you're gonna have like an open bar. All of that's good. Lots of lots, lots of alcohol. Lots. So who's the last guy on your team you'd like to see it standing at that open bar? <laughs> There'd be night. a lot of people on my team <laughs> left at the end of the night. But but Matty B, Matty B, he's a, I'm pretty sure he's an alcoholic. And <laughs> and you know and, and uh, you know Will Gray. Oh. Yep. Oh, Will Gray, he'll definitely be hard charger, on gas. huh? Yeah. He's yes. a hard charger. Very hard charger. Who do you think would give the better best man speech, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. or Casey Kane? <laughs> Not Casey. <laughs> Casey's well, actually, actually, I take that back because I did see Casey. So Casey was Brad's, uh, Brad Sweet's best man, and he did a great job with his with his speech. We were all kind of wondering how Casey would be because sure. he's so quiet and, and shy. Did he write Awkward it down or did he, did he email the speech? But he literally got up and did it. Um, no, he did it. Yeah, good. For From you. what I remember, I was a little <laughs> buzzed by that point. But from what I remember, uh, no, I remember Casey being. He was good. That's awesome. That is interesting. I wouldn't say Casey's kind of so shy. He's yeah. super shy. Yeah. Well, but, until he has a couple beers, then he's yeah, a completely he's not different person. Yeah. 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 He's completely, not, yes. Yeah. Like, can't, seen that I think like other people I know. <laughs> what now? I think, they, I think his alter ego is Kent. Alter ego. Do you have an alter ego? <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I don't have a name yet, but I probably do have it. I get a little mouthy. <laughs> you don't really? say? <laughs> really? Yeah. I bet kind of opinionated? Feisty. Jo like sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. What are the, the top three appetizers you want served at your wedding? Ooh. Top three appetizers. So I'm not into I'm not into like seafood or fish or anything. For so the record, you're not really that into food. I can tell you, having <laughs> spent some time with Kyle in his hometown, food choices were pretty limited for my man. I don't. I'm just saying. I feel like you've broadened your horizons a lot. Oh, I've gotten better. I mean, I'm not as picky as I used to be. Um, but appetizers, I love salads. So any any type of salad. Um, I'm not into I'm not into fish, but there's got to be like a fish option. So like I don't know some shrimp mm -hmm. bite or something. Mm -hmm. I, I've never had shrimp before, but I feel like people like that a lot. So little like so salads. So like little uh, caprese, like little cherry tomatoes Ooh. with mozzarella with a stick through it. Yeah. Um, what else? I don't know. That's I, can't you never had I guess shrimp. I don't like that. I guess I don't like food that much. When when <laughs> Kyle Petty and I did Racing Roots with Kyle, and he's like, I got to take you to my favorite restaurant. 
we got to go there. What, what's the name of it in your hometown? Uh, Happy Garden. It's the Happy Garden. <laughs> we go in and we're like, all right, so um, tell us what your favorite thing is. And Kyle says, oh, I've, um, I've actually only gotten one thing here ever. <laughs> oh, cool. We'll have that. And so he's like, can I get three lo mains uh, plain? And then that's when Kyle's like, isn't that just, is that just Asian spaghetti? And Kyle's like, pretty much, yeah. Like, it's good. Okay. It's his He'd never tried anything else in his life there. I actually, so that was different that day because normally I would just order just noodles, just mm -hmm. just noodles. That time I had like chicken and veggies in it and oh stuff. My. So it was a great time. So if you wanted to make at your wedding a really entertaining table of NASCAR drivers, mm. what four might make up that table? Uh, Boyer, um, sure. Casey or Kent. Hopefully Kent's out by then. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Kent came. Yep. Uh, NASCAR guys. I feel like so. I hope that um, I can witness, like in person, Brad Keselowski drunk one time. And I, I know you've probably got to party with him yeah. a lot, but I feel like he'd he be so much fun. He just needs one beer. Yeah, <laughs> and he's it's there. not a long process. <laughs> yeah. So I feel much. like Brad would. I feel like Brad would be so much fun. Yeah. Um, uh, and Jamie too. Jamie would be hilarious yeah. also, but but he's also a one beer kind of guy, and I don't even know if he would if he would have one beer. But Jamie would be. I, I want to yeah. like witness. I've witnessed some, but uh, you gotta have Boyer, and I would like to see Brad and Jamie, and and Casey it would be hilarious. Yeah. Well, I don't know who you invited, but if you're if you have a dance floor and Kyle Bush is there, make sure you <laughs> do, you witness Kyle and Samantha. Yeah. Tearing up the dance floor because really? <laughs> they take, I, they, I think they take lessons. So yeah. it's like they're, that's the one thing. When they came to our wedding uh, and they went on the dance floor, <laughs> I ain't never seen nothing like it. <laughs> I'll just say that. Kyle's you're not thinking, afraid what? to no. like, make a fool of himself. And he, he's, he's got so many of these like personality traits that none of us knew about. Right. Yeah. Like he's, I can't, they really take lessons, like salsa and I all that I think that's stuff. the best thing. When you see a guy like Kyle, who we know is is easily the most competitive person who's ever lived, uh, <laughs> when you mix him with someone like Samantha, who can yeah. kind of churn those Get things, things out. out of it. Yeah. yeah, we're going to dance classes. Okay. And then it's like they did dance class for two months, and then when the freaking music started, boom, man, they were, they were out there. It was wow. the craziest thing. Me and Amy were standing there like, holy cow, this is like... This is happening. They're coming to every party. This is happening party. right now. All right, last question. If Chip Ganassi had a role in the wedding, what would it be? Do you guys have a flower girl? Uh, no, not I mean, Audrey kind of. So Owen's going to pull Audrey along. Uh, Audrey's our four-and-a-half-month-old, uh, so he's going to pull her along in a little wagon. Chip, though, Chip would probably be one of the little cocktail people handing out food and maybe, stuff. Maybe cocktail weenies, I think. <laughs> That's actually you know, yeah, funny. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could imagine that. He has Chip loves talent. appetizers, so he would probably be handing out appetizers. You, is there anything, you, a role you could give him in the wedding where he rode a scooter? Because that guy loves loves scooters at a racetrack. Yeah, know. if we could Definitely just have scooters at NASCAR races, you he would probably he, come to a yeah. lot more NASCAR races. He would. He totally would. Yeah. Well, you think there'll ever be a day when the drivers are riding around on scooters? I hope so. Yeah. Gosh. I don't know why we don't, right. right? I mean, I think it's cool when you see 
you know, Elio Castroneves or Scott Dixon, like, yeah. <laughs> and they're all riding those ancient Honda Cubs, yeah. which is like, uh, a, it's super niche in the IndyCar world. Yeah. When I won that Toyota Pro Celebrity race in Long Beach, I was like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. First person to victory lane was Chip Ganassi on his scooter to come tell me congratulations. <laughs> really? I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> Why do cool, you have though. a scooter, man? How come we've never seen that? I you love it. it. Like when I do the Rolex, man, you take your golf cart or scooter or whatever yeah. right to your trailer. It's amazing. It's a big deal. Yeah. That's a long you... walk too from Daytona. Like from the gate. What's your motorhome driver going to do that he can't drive you around in a golf cart? Then? So you can't put yeah, him well, yeah. They, they have too much time in there as well, it is. Well, my motorhome driver, he, he cooks a lot. So oh. it just be more time Wait. on the grill. What does he cook? What's, what's, your, what's your weekend stuff? Like I was always like chicken and rice, chicken and rice. Yeah, chicken and rice. so like race day, it'll be just like chicken and veggies. But uh, lately we've been doing a big Mexican platter, uh, mm -hmm. like on Fridays or Saturdays. Gets gets me pretty stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> Real fiesta. This is awesome. Uh, from an early age, Cal Larson was determined to become a racing superstar. When we come back, we'll talk to him about the drive that took him all the way to the heights of NASCAR. Stay tuned. make him look at race car parts and tell us what that part was. I didn't want him to go to Chip Canassi racing or even Brent Cading and they say, go get a left front arm and he comes back with a tire, you yeah. know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I put the gears in upside down yeah. and uh, we went to Placerville. It was like bog and really bad in and, and hot laps and I was like, I know what I did wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once we started winning some is when I kind of thought like, oh, maybe I could make it to NASCAR someday. You know, everybody's been saying I'm the next Jeff Gordon. We just had confidence that he jumped the wheels off it. So cool to see some of that from Kyle Larson's racing roots. Kyle, you're here with us. Uh, was it cool to see people get that kind of look into your life and, and really the path of you becoming a racer? Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun getting to do that with you guys. And I still, to this, you know, today, uh, I get people that bring up that racing route show every week. So it's, it's, I know they enjoyed it. So I get enjoyment out of them, you know, getting to get a glimpse of how I grew up a little bit and the little race shop that I worked out of and, and, and all the, you know, go-karts and stuff. That's that slot car track I was talking oh, about. Oh, that's right your dad's slot car track. Look at you too. <laughs> and then, yeah, seeing, I, I love watching all these old videos. Like when I would go home, Back home to my parents, you know, I just watch baby videos all the time because it's cool just to see it. But now having Owen, especially, it's cool. You, uh, you, you were telling us during a break that your mom has all these old videos of your races, and that's some of the coolest stuff to me when we're watching that is seeing some of those clips of you racing, how you started. Everybody sees you guys race on Sunday, but when it, when we can see like a glimpse into your history and your past and what how you what you did and where you're racing to get there one of the coolest things i saw during the darlington race weekend was this reoccurring clip of denny racing his car yeah, yeah. back in the 90s that he's you know they had out there for the racetrack and that was that gave me such a such a new appreciation and respect for denny mm -hmm. and that's the same thing i feel when i see those clips and you have all that like you have just yeah. about every race. Yeah, my mom for Christmas this year, she turned all uh, so like she videotaped me and my sister like every day of our lives growing up and and wrote you know every day in a little calendar for you know nine years of my life. But she sent she converted all our VHS tapes over into DVDs and sent me like two two or three boxes of 
of DVDs, and they're all you know, you know, separated by month and year. Uh, so it's in order, like from here to here, it's organized. And so, I mean, I could go through every day of my life, <laughs> relive it over again. It's pretty cool. Yeah, if you ever publish any, any of your old races on YouTube, give me you gotta sh let me know so I can subscribe because I can watch <laughs> that all day long. Yeah, I mean, it's let's give your mom for real credit. Every single day of Kyle's life and his sisters for the first nine years. Nine at least. years of my life, so yeah. 13 of hers. 13 of hers. Kyle's mom would write down on the calendar, like, here's what was special. Here's In a little what we square that was like two by two. And her penmanship <laughs> is perfect. You can read every single line. But, you know, it, it's funny. Your mom would talk about that they, they saw immediately that you had the love for it and that your, if you had the love and you had that passion, your skills could really just keep growing. But like knowing what you know now and, and the amazing things that you've raced, what do you think truly makes a driver? What is that thing? Um, well, I mean, I think it's different for a lot of people, you know? So like for me, I mean, I, I feel like I don't work that hard at it, you know? It just comes natural to me. But then there's guys, you know, like Jimmy Johnson or whoever, who's got the natural talent, but also works way harder than anybody else that makes him the driver that he is. So. Um, you know, it takes definitely natural talent, natural ability and skill, but also the work ethic, I think, to, you know, be a great driver. So um, I'm not saying that I don't work at it at all, but, but uh, I, I definitely don't work at it as hard as some people. But I think the, the natural ability kind of can make up for, for some of it as well. And as Speaking far as, of working, yeah. Yeah, as far as I can tell, Jimmy's the only one that's doing that. Yeah. yeah. So you don't be yeah. too worried about it. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, but speaking of work, you go back to people I'll name Alan Kowicki from years ago, who was great, knew everything about his race car, did everything to his race car. Rusty Wallace wanted to know every piece, every part that was on it at the wind tunnel all the time. But that's not you at all. I remember talking to you last year. You really don't know and don't care the parts and pieces that make it happen. You just drive the hell out of it, right? <laughs> I mean, I've probably looked underneath of a stock car maybe two or three times. <laughs> like in the shop, you know, I'll get under there. They'll like, you know, show me this new trick arrow thing or whatever, you know, they're doing and I'll look under it. I'm like, oh, cool. I don't really know what I'm looking at. <laughs> cool. I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't really care. Um, I was in the shop today and, and uh, one of our guys was, you know, walking me around to go look at, you know, these metal racks I'm getting in my shop, but uh, one of our foremen is like, hey, you didn't go show them like the new this and that. I'm like, I don't even know if what I'm looking at if I looked at it. So, right. uh, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, my dad, my dad took care of all my go-kart stuff growing up. So he never really let me wash it, never let me work on it. And uh, he just you know, wanted me to race. He wanted, he, I don't think he had the trust in me to, to work on it and he wanted me to win. So he didn't want parts falling off of it and stuff. So. Um, I was, I guess I wasn't, you know, raised to work on it. The little bit that I ran that 83 sprint car for Dave Rotulo, you know, they'd make me work on it a little bit throughout the week, just do like little maintenance stuff, change the gears, grease the bars, um, stuff like that. But once I started racing for people and, and driving was my job, you know, all, all they really ever, any team owner I raced for, all they cared about was just driving and go drive the car the best that you can. So um, there's times that I wish that I would, have learned more about race cars and, and maybe someday I, I will, but because um, you know those, those days where you're struggling and, and all that, you know, if I knew a little bit more, I could dig ourselves out of a hole maybe a little bit quicker. But you know, the way I look at it is I get paid to drive and the engineers and crew chiefs, you know, they have the brains and they get paid to work on it, make yeah. it go fast. So I'll do my job and they can do theirs.
So you, a lot of people know that you race in the dirt in dirt cars all the time. You've been driving stock cars. Your team owner and owns any cars. He's a champion that series. You race in the endurance cars. What race cars out there that you haven't drove? Would you love to just take a couple laps in? Is there a F1 or anything like that? that there's I mean there's a few cars that uh, yeah I, I would like to get the opportunity to to drive someday. Yeah. Um, I would love to run a dirt late model. Uh, You've never ran a dirt I've late never, model? I've never ran a dirt late model, dirt modified. And when you nothing. say dirt modified, is that like big block or like the stuff Kenny Wallace is racing? Like Kenny Wallace. Yeah. I mean, I would run a big block too. That Those are those actually look more similar to like a sprint car, you know, when the bodies are off of them. So I think that would maybe come more natural, I guess. But a dirt late model. So like when I, I loved watching the Prelude to the Dream. Like that was one of the coolest races I could watch all year long, you know. On pay-per-view, I, we'd make a day out of it, you know, like tailgate and and uh, you know, watch it at shop or whatever, and cook, grill out. And I was always so pumped to get the opportunity to run the Prelude of the Dream someday. And the year I finally made it to NASCAR, they stopped doing the event, and I was so bummed. And I still am bummed. So hopefully someday they can bring it back. You know, Roger and, and Tony can can bring that event back because I'd love to run a dirt late model, but. Um, I'm sure all the fans at home probably want to want to hear me say an indie car too. So sure. I'd love, <laughs> love to run an indie car as well someday. Yeah, that's crazy. I would assume with all the dirt racing you've done, you've been in a wedge car. But no, I think there's a lot of people that would like to see you and with your success and ability on dirt, would love to see what you could do against Scott Bloomquist and those guys. And there's no tougher series, I don't think, than the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. Like yeah. that is crazy tough. You know, that's it's like. Yeah, I mean, it's like cup racing on, on dirt. You know, those guys have pull-down rigs. They're in the wind tunnel. And, and, I mean, there's, I feel like there's 20 different drivers. And just as a fan watching, that can win every different night at different racetracks and stuff. So uh, where the sprint car, the World Outlaws sprint cars, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's equally as tough, but it's kind of spread out throughout the country. You know, you got World of Outlaws, the series. You, know, you probably got eight guys, eight or ten guys that could win every night. Um, where, like I said, in the late model stuff, I mean, there's, yeah. I, I feel like there's like 20 of them that could win in a, in a night. It's crazy. That's crazy. I can't believe he's never driven one. Uh, NASCAR in the 90s, what a decade it was. This week, we'll look back on it all with the premiere of NASCAR decades. Look at those highlights, the 1990s. And we got a sneak peek for you coming up next on Wednesdays with Dale Jr. That's just how it is. Like, you're just not yeah. going to make the money. Even in Xfinity, there's so many people. They're, they're just paying out of pocket. You know, they, they'll put something on the car. It's tough facts of life. I hate to talk about it because people don't want me to. I didn't say, all right, you know, Jeff, Paulette, look, you're going you're gonna to pay all this money. And Chip can ask, you're going to put in all these this effort and, and these man hours to go run this race. But, hey, I need to get paid. Like, that's crazy. You cr- <laughs> are you kidding me? I'm not going to say that. When they said there's not money to get paid, I said, great. I just want a trophy, and I want to get you a trophy. You can hear more of Ross Chastain's conversation with Nate Ryan on the NASCAR on NBC podcast. Nate Ryan, we love you. You can download it on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. After the Xfinity Race Friday NASCAR decades, the 90s premieres here on NBCSN, it will include stuff like this. Technology was evolving, and the pager became the hottest new thing. Of course I had a pager. Yeah, yeah, I had one. 
and it was like, uh, you know, you had your codes, your 411, your 911. Numbers and stuff that spelled words, and you can imagine where that went. What was it? 143 was the I love you, right? Yeah, that 143. Do you know where that came from? Where? Mr. Rogers, I think. What? Yeah, if you saw the Mr. Rogers thing, it's, it's I is one. Love is yeah, four, you is three. Yeah, I get that much. What was your pager code? I don't think that's where it, When you would like make sure people knew it was you, what was your code? I didn't have... What? You had a code? Yeah, of course. I put in 788. That stood for rut. <laughs> R-U-T. Oh, my God. Did you ever switch battery doors with somebody else? Like a girl oh, you used yeah. on? Oh, yeah. So you could... Well, just to make it look cool. Yeah, right? you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Traded mine with a girl named Maggie. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You were born about. in 92. We just got a pager then. <laughs> I was 12. I don't know. Um, hey... Uh, we've got a whole lot more coming up because the floor is yours and Dale, our special guest Kyle Larson, are going to answer some of the fan questions that you guys have been sending us. We love these. we got more to come after this, so fire up your pagers. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Winsdale. We forgot to tell you that the host of NASCAR Decades, the 90s, is Jeff Burton. Thanks, Jeff Binky, for reminding me. I'm sorry I blew that. All right, let's get to some fan questions. You guys ready? Uh, let's start out with, uh, with Big Josh. He wanted to know if Hollywood made the Kyle Larson and Dale Jr. movies, which Hollywood actors would play you guys in the movie? Oh, my God. I don't mm. know. Man. Have you thought about this at all? No, I haven't. That's interesting. You should. I mean, you, you help us out. Ooh, okay. Well, don't take this the wrong way. I wouldn't pick a really tall actor. <laughs> uh, I don't mean that critically. Uh, I would lean, I don't know if there's like a young uh, Tom Cruise, but I would definitely pick someone in that sort yeah, Tom of Tom Cruise is about the same height. Like, really? And honestly, yeah. for the record, he hasn't really aged in my life. It could play. So honestly, it could be yeah. Tom Cruise. I'll take right? Tom Cruise. Yeah. What about you? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's such a weird question to ask somebody because if it's I say somebody very good looking, then I'm going to sound. You should. Very <laughs> you should. Anytime well, someone yeah. tells me, oh, I know someone sure. looks just like you, the answer is always, yeah. well, I bet they're really good looking. <laughs> okay, that's just how you put it out there. I think, you know who could play you really well? I would bet Dax Shepard. Dax, oh, yeah, I think, would yeah. do a great job. Isn't that when you're buddies? Well, You're I mean, only saying that. That's not true. <laughs> no. He is funny. He You're only saying that exciting. because he's your friend. That's not true. Okay. Shout out. Twitter he, help he me out. He knows some celebrities. That's, don't do that. <laughs> he's a race winner. Oh, yeah. Two big bombs on the show. Listen, one time Dale Jr. walked up to me and said, hey, man, that was really cool. I saw you won that Toyota Pro Celebrity race. And I thought to myself, this guy's never spoken to me in my life. This is the greatest day of my racing career. And then after that, you told everybody you knew Dale Jr. Yes. Yeah. I was like, hey, one day Dak Shepard could play you in a movie. Let's get to the next question, should we? Uh, DaleFan62 said, will Jr. be the Xfinity most popular driver after only one start? Mm. Yes. You know you can ride. Can you win that? Yeah, I think there's a write-in, but so. You know what? Not that I'm campaigning, I'm just saying. Wait, you know, you wouldn't have to. You never campaigned and won every single year. <laughs> Elliot Sadler would be so disappointed. Oh, his final He's season. Retiring. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm yeah. going to vote for Does Elliot. he normally win it? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's won it in the last couple years. Yeah. I'm voting for Elliot. Me too. He's my favorite. See? He's, I can favorite. say that yeah. in front of you. You're my second favorite. All right. Okay, <laughs> just make sure. Uh, third question was from Matt. 
Uh, he wanted to know, besides Ross Chastain smashing a watermelon, what's the craziest victory celebration you've witnessed? Um, Tyler Walker. So everybody thinks Carl Edwards is like the, the backflip oh, yes. guy. But Tyler Walker like originated the backflips. And uh, I remember there's a video of him somewhere. He won in Pennsylvania and did a backflip off like the front tire and like, I don't know, tore his ACL or something like that. Ooh, and that. done. Done for the season. Oh, yeah. So I, mean, that, I don't know if that was crazy, that, but he only did another backflip after that. Yeah. When, after I saw Tyler do that, that made me really nervous for Carl every time he won. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just, that's really So what are, your, what are your race win celebrations usually entail? I'm sure a lot of alcohol. <laughs> no, no. No? Uh, I mean, after, no, I got to get away from it. Are we talking yeah. NASCAR? Yeah. I haven't won in a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Xfinity, you can't, you can't party the, that night because yeah. you got to race the next day. But uh, Cup, um, after I won my first race, we had a, a pretty big party at Will's house, uh, our engine guy um, at the time. That's smart. Party at someone else's house. Yeah. That's, the, that's the key. That's a key. <laughs> And you never, you didn't know much about that rule. Let it, up. let it, let it sit there till somebody volunteers their home. Mm-hmm. We usually, we usually would go to Saeed's mm. yeah. karaoke bar, which I'm, I've never been, but I've heard it's a, it's like a gas station beer stop that it's has a, karaoke in the back. Yeah, it's, it used to be a gas station. Now it's mm. like an ice cream shop, but mm. the bar is in the back, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's been around forever. Give it, Saeed's getting an early shout out. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, this is from the NASCAR. Have you seen the face swaps on NASCAR.com yet? Mm-hmm. Have you seen no, those? I haven't. Is that the one with all the girls? I, I don't think exactly. Oh, no. I think you're seeing here <laughs> Eric Bush, right? And pretty good bangs there. Oh, wow. Clint oh, Keselowski, that is, that is really something. That, there's a proportion oh, issue there, I think. Yes. I'm awesome. not sure on what side. And then Kyle Truex. Is that Ryan Truex? Yeah. Nope, that's you. I feel like me and Ryan, me and Ryan look a lot alike. You, you guys do a little bit. Just just look straight ahead. Look right over there. That's a pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. The hair is the hair is like exactly it's like the same. Not centered just right. Yeah. Right. It's really me and, just... me and Ryan Truex though. We do look a lot alike, and and I'll always get you know he'll tweet me every now and then, or when I whenever I used to see him a lot, you know he would he would always fans would always ask him to sign stuff. Uh, have him you know Kyle Larson, will you please sign this? But. It's Ryan Truex. So I remember Martin actually was telling me a few years ago, he always gives Ryan crap about that too, looking, we look a lot alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, especially at Darlington, Ryan Truex at Darlington was, it was hard not to stare. Because you're like, there's two, there's two Truexes, oh, yeah. Yeah. and they look just the- they didn't, yeah, I never thought good. they looked alike at all as brothers until then. Mm-hmm. And then you like, feel wow. like you can't unsee yeah. them. Like, Much yeah. like the NASCAR drivers as females pictures, which were, <laughs> Amazing. Coming up, helping those in need look. Oh, don't put that face up there. I can't concentrate. Richmond's got a new look, and we got a great weekend for the man who likes winners. It's all part of our shout-outs. Oh, wow. That is something. Welcome back to NASCAR America. It's Winsdale, and it's our final segment. It's our favorite part of the show. What's it time for, Dale? It's time for shout-outs. Shout-outs! My first shout-out is going to Team Rubicon. This is an organization of retired military that get together with first responders in emergency situations. They're down there helping 
the folks at the coast of the Carolinas with uh, Hurricane Florence. So shout out to Team Rubicon. That's right. Give them a follow. Give them a little support. I'm going to shout out to my new friend, Kathy Nichols. This wonderful gal right here was a police officer for 40 years. She donates her time and money every single day to Friendship Trays, which is part of Meals on Wheels here in Charlotte. I spent the morning riding around with her. It was an amazing experience. So if you know Kathy, then you love Kathy just like we do. Make sure you say hi to her. Hey guys, my shout out is where we're going this weekend, Richmond International Race Week. What a great place that they are making this total revamping everything. But I think the drivers are going to love it. The fans are going to love everything about it. Uh, they did something with Elliot Sadler today. Uh, thank you, Elliot Sadler, for sharing your love of racing with Virginia. And uh, Elliot's last race in his home state of Virginia. So hopefully he does well. I believe they pronounce that. Are you going to let you going to let him? outrun you there Friday night or are you going to make it difficult on him? Uh, could we see that picture again? I think it, it looks like Elliot just found out his credit score was very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to race him hard, man. That's fantastic. Kyle, you got a shout out? Yeah, I mean, I got to give a shout out to Scott Dixon. Won his fifth yeah. championship, I think, there this weekend. So pretty amazing deal for Scott, the Iceman. How cool is that? And if you're an IndyCar fan and you're watching, sorry about all those uh, late cautions we had on Sunday, <laughs> our bad. Uh, you know what? Your shout out makes me want to give another shout out. How about we shout out to Chip Ganassi's supporters that physically held him, look at my man, with the stage dive. Frontal. Oh, thank goodness they were all sponsors. They were like, we'll keep you up, man. I'm not sure if he's ever seen this happen before. It kind of reminds me of something I saw at the ZZ Ward video shoot. Uh -huh. Wait, that looks a lot like, is that, I go to is that Kyle Larson? Yeah, oh, yes. You gotta go to the back. You went, you really turned quickly. I feel like you've never stage dove before that moment. Yeah, that's a little TV magic there. What? <laughs> what? You didn't do like a triple sow cow, half no. calf, and then. No. That's a lot of trust, though, when you go backwards. Yeah. They're gonna catch I you. I should have given a shout out to those couple people I saw turn and go the other way when Chip started. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, oh, Chip, now we gotta go. <laughs> yeah. You guys, this has been so fun. Uh, thanks for being here, Kyle. You're amazing. Yeah. That's gonna do it for us here at Winsdale. Big thanks to Kyle Larson for joining us. NASCAR America is back tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Until then, have a great night. Go Dale! Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.